the twitch the twitch is a different factor there on the on the mic being muted i hope you can hear me now i do not know how many of you can can uh have seen the intro that just did i don't know how it works and how quickly you guys can get here i don't know the deal we have an intro now via the confirmed shoot um is especially effective when i remember to unmute myself and try to figure out how this works i do not know we're on twitch now what does that mean i still don't know um i did a post on our patreon lanegrin.com for for the the inside grinners um trying to piece together what this means or what this you know will mean for you guys and i think we covered most of the questions we figured it out for the most part i'm excited um for the last couple of weeks we've had a real issue with our videos kind of buffering on delay and i was trying to figure out ways around it and this appears to be the one that's the the best of both worlds we're gonna have um you know we're gonna have live streams on here that then are uploaded to youtube right so if you're watching this right now and you're like damn i'm busy or maybe i'm driving home from work or maybe i'm driving to work and you can't you know watch this live we're going to do an encore presentation in about two hours over on YouTube. And that's going to be the thing with the Burt on all three episodes. Um, paywall ones will stay as they were. So that's just generally how it is. If you're watching this on YouTube, this streamed a couple of hours ago on Twitch. Please go and support us there if you would like to. Twitch.tv slash late night grin. I hope you're all well. StreamYard takes a while to update me on how many of you are watching this thing. Um, but I hope some of you are. I have no idea how I operate uh, from this... <laughs> from from this spot i do not know i don't know how i do the raid and all that good stuff i do not know how to do any of these things um but we'll find out as we go here and ultimately what you're actually here for is some professional wrestling talk right that's what you actually want that feels like the actual important part of this that I, I remember to do that so that is my intention um as always folks if you're watching this on the youtube uh, you know delayed premiere gimmick give us one of those thumbs ups if you're watching live on Twitch, um, I'll be keeping my eye on the chat and try to make sure I, I read aloud when I use it so that people don't know what the hell's going on. But if you would like to send a, a super grin that is still uh, very much available, streamlabs.com slash late night grin, a particular comment or question, or maybe you just want to show us some love and give us um, give us a tip. So there you go. There are the uh, there are the, the, the main points before we get into some professional wrestling talk. And, and let's get let's get rocking here. Okay. Dynamite tonight. Wild card Wednesday. I think it's fair to say it's a big show. I've been pretty consistent in my praise of their television as of late. I think I give full marks to last week's TV. The one before that was a little bit of a step down. But for the most part, they have been of a very high standard, um, purely in terms of week-to-week TV quality. Now, do I think there is a conversation worth having about, you know, um, about about the, uh, you know, the pay-per-view build, maybe, but I've had that conversation almost every pay-per-view and it never really is relevant when it comes to it. So it's not something I, I personally am too worried about. Um, but TV to TV, I think it's probably as good as it's ever been as of late. So, my God, Tope Suicida says, real throwback. Pretty sure the first time I watched you was on Twitch. That kind of rules. Um, okay, there you go. Yes, much has changed. I don't. I don't know either. Chops. It's very, very. It's, it's dizzying, to be frank. Um, and a big thing I've been talking about with Dynamite as of late is that 
I think part of that is that he is clearly up the ante in terms of the matchmaking, right? Like, oh, the narrow of a full if you hear that change quickly. Um, he's up the ante in terms of week to week matchmaking. I think that's clear. This week is the latest example. There are some big matches here, but there are some mysteries here. So I don't want to bury the lead, and I say that after talking for five minutes. Let's just get into what is going to fill up your feed for most of the day. Maybe not to the extent it did, you know, three months ago when we when we had the big forbidden door discussion. Um, the Jokers, right? Tonight is, I don't want to say it's all about the Jokers because you've got some other cool matches on there and you've got a couple of our own matches and, um, you know, a big talking segment or two. But I, I have to say, yes, Meech, we have to become affiliates first. Based on what it looks like it takes to become affiliates, I don't think that'll be a, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think we can pull that off, um, frankly. It's just a matter of us actually doing it, and then you guys can sub. I don't want to be clear, and we'll, we'll just make this, you know, stress this now because it's important to me. Um, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out how I... Okay, um, I do want to stress that if you're a patron, there will be no like, you know, uh, there will be no rewards or sub only streams for anyone because if you're a patron, you don't you shouldn't have to pay for both. This will all be accessible with just like a follow. You can comment, I think, and you can watch everything. Um, don't, I don't want this to be a thing where you're like paying for two different services for one group of idiots to wet wrestling. So we'll make it clear. Once we get subs, if you want to support us, then you can, obviously. But we won't be kind of um, making a big deal of that element of it. So there you go. Um, okay. Let's talk Jokers here. Um, it's very interesting. What I love about the usage here of the famed Joker is it's not just doing, you know, the, this is not just going to be a thing. It's we have two top, top stars standing opposite these these mystery men, men and women, you know, which is a different wrinkle that perhaps I'm missing, Sam, but that feels kind of fresh, honestly. I mean, I, I try to think of what, you know, what the other kind of mystery opponent situations we've had, but I think usually it's more the question is about who it is. I think one of these jokers is going to lose tonight. I'm pretty confident on that, honestly. I, I, I mean, I, it's not a lot by any means. Once I get into who I think jokers, I think you guys will see where I'm going. So, I guess the first one we'll do is we'll go one to one and we'll just we'll we'll, we'll poll you guys on this. Um, let's start with with Britt Baker and her quarterfinal match against one of these one of these jokers. Chat and I'll put some answers on the screen so folks watching YouTube see it. But chat, who are we uh, who are we thinking for this one? Which names are which names come to mind when it comes to the Joker? I've been consistent in my prediction. I really have. Um, I think Marky is the answer. I've been convinced of this from very, very early, and it feels increasingly likely to me that it's going to be Marky Ito. Uh, chat is also like absolutely that seems to be the consensus. I agree with this. The woman's Joker is losing, and I think Marky Ito fits the bill of someone the live crowd will go will go nuts for. There's a built-in story, as All Pro Joe mentions. Um, Ticks all the boxes to me as someone that Brit can beat, but the people will be happy to see. And you know, I think also, um, I think it kind of makes sense when you have two jokers for one to be more of that ilk, and then that opens up the, the male one to be like, not how do I put this? If you do the the, the woman's joker here, um, 
and you know it's Margarito and the place goes crazy but she loses to Brit it almost adds a boost to like what it will feel like when when a Claudio perhaps defeats Joe in the other one um I agree with Will who says that Brit can take a loss she certainly can I don't think she's taken one here to be quite frank now she got pinned in the tag match so you could argue perhaps they're doing some sort of downfall or you know some sort of um extended story with her kind of losing her way. I just don't think that's the, that's what they're going to do here. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Mucky has been my prediction all along. I'm clearly sticking with that. I think Britt Baker beats her, um, and I think the live crowd has an absolute blast with that. So that's my that's my read on the on the, uh, the first of two Jokers. And let's get to the other one here, which there's a couple names again that circling because wrestling fans, we are nuts, right? We quickly try and figure out who the potential candidates are for such a role. You're very seldom going to stun us with these things. Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor TV champ, in his quarterfinal matchup of the Owen, is wrestling a joker. Now, this one, I've seen much conversation. I personally am taking Claudio, but chat, before I go any further, I'm intrigued. Is Claudio the consensus, or have you got alternate picks? I know Gargano has been very much discussed and, deba- and debated. Um... I don't think it's Claudio. I feel like they would have put him against Kyle or someone who is more likely to take a loss. That is interesting, but I also think you could argue it's going to pack a hell of a punch if he beats Joe. And Claudio is also a tier where you could easily have Joe beat him in like a rematch for the title. You know? Because they're going to be a very similar level, right? Like, Claudio's got more to offer as of right now in ring, but they're in the same kind of um, realm. So I want to quickly go through this because this is a big pick, Miro. Miro is basically tied with Claudio just by looking here at the chat. Um, now, I think there will be more ballyhoo if it was a debut. I feel a returnee is more likely. I think Miro makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. It's a perfect way to reintroduce him. He's an established top guy in your roster. He's been away for a while now. I mean, what we're looking six months, five months. So I think it makes a lot of sense. The one thing I keep coming back to, though, is Darby lost. And Darby sure felt like the guy that Miro would meet in the final if Miro was coming back. I just don't see him doing Miro and Adam Cole. And maybe that's just me overthinking it. I've done it before, right? I remember thinking, like, it would be weird to put Keith Lee back in a ladder match, and they did that. It it wasn't weird at all in the end. Um, I just, I don't know. I just struggle to see personally, even if he comes back as a baby face, Miro and Adam Cole is a strange piece of matchmaking to me. And I'm not even sure I'm like switched on enough to be able to explain to you why. It's just done quite quick, you know, a click for me. Hester says, and this has been kicked around a lot, I like this. Yes, it, this is also true. They put Bob Fish against Jeff Hardy, which is also very weird. They could absolutely do that. Um, I still think it's a future shock final. I love this as a quick kind of talking point because this reverses everything. So let's say that tonight is Kushida. Let's say that tonight is, you know, trying to think of a fun, I don't know, man, Biff Busick or someone. I don't know, someone who, you know, could come in and lose to, um, to Samoa Joe. Whoever. Kushida would be the more kind of sexy of those picks, but Biff's great. Whoever it is. Let's imagine it's that. 
and Joe goes through, and somehow, some way, Kyle O'Reilly beats Smojo, and you get to Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly 12. I think that's where we're at now, maybe 16. I'll be totally transparent. They ain't particularly interested in me. I don't think those guys really particularly have brought the best out of each other for about a decade now. Um, they had a match, and I, I forget because my memory's terrible. They had a match in Ring of Honor many, many years ago that was tremendous. And everything since, I think, has been a kind of um, a failure to recapture that magic, frankly. But I do think it's feasible. I think there's a chance there is, like, actual intentions to feature O'Reilly here. To me, though, I don't think that – I don't know if that means a finals run. You know, I think one win – in the tournament after beating Jungle Boy would be impressive enough on a Kyle O'Reilly perspective, which we'll get to in a second. But, um, yeah, I don't necessarily believe it. But let's just go through the like the process of that. So that would mean that Joe's Joker, <laughs> that would mean that Joe's Joker is a lesser um, Joker, right? Someone like the names I just mentioned. Or let's go, you know, use this too. If Joe versus Cole, which NXT teased, as, as Chris mentions, if Joe versus Cole is the final, then same thought process, someone that Joe can beat is the Joker. Well, then in reverse, I look at the woman's side and I'm like, maybe Athena is in play over there. You know? I don't think both Jokers are winning. I don't think both Jokers are losing. So I say all this to say, this is the dumbest thing I've ever said, folks. It depends what the brackets look like. Am I right? It depends what they intend. If Joe is going to make the final here or Joe's going to win the match is the key, then... The woman's joker, then I'm not sure, so sure about Maki because it feels like she'll be beaten for it. So there's a whole lot of guesswork ultimately on things I have no understanding of or reporting on. But I am intrigued. I will say that, like, and I understand this is ironic because I just spoke about it for 10 minutes, but you know, these are different now. Like, there was a time where when they would do like the mystery man stuff, you'd be like pondering like game changes and stuff. Their roster is so good now that it's more just like a fun little extra wrinkle, you know, like a little bit of mystery added to the thing. I don't think anyone, based on what I've seen on social media, is talking about this the way they talked about, like, you know, the Hall of Fame signing revolution, you know. <laughs> At this point with that roster, man, there's no top guys on the board, really. I mean, Claudio is, like, kind of one, but he would be more like an upper-mid-card utility player. Um, so... I think it's a fun deal, but I don't think it's going to be anything that like we're sweating bullets over until showtime. So we shall see. I love this comment. It's wild. The AEW featured names right now are like if Wednesday Night War era AEW merged with black and gold NXT, very WWF late 2001 feel. Lots of uh, mid-2000s Ring of Honor there too, brother. You know, sprinkle a little bit of that because those guys are always just going to wrestle forever, I guess. Um, I think the Joker is Brock Lesnar, says Topi Suicida. I wonder what the machine gun Carl Anderson feels about. Deep cut there, folks. Deep cut. All right. Let's, let's push forward here. Let's talk some other Owen stuff. We already touched on it, so let's get into it. Kyle O'Reilly, Ray Phoenix. It was great to have Ray Phoenix back, um, you know, a couple weeks back, and he's matched with Dante Martin. Absolutely rocked the place. It was my favorite thing on that Dynamite by a distance, in-ring anyway. I seem to remember there was a great Wardle angle on that show where he pushed all the security guards. So... In ring, you know, Phoenix was was spectacular as always against Dante Martin. I think we all know what to expect from him in that regard. I know the Oracle of Wrestling isn't a big fan, but, you know, Ray Phoenix is, is very, very special. This match is one that on paper to me looks like a very natural fit. 
dare I say it very much gives me, you know, 1996, 1997 WCW Cruiserweight Division vibes. And I mean that with love. You know, you have the technician, you have the grappler opposite the, the higher flyer. Very, very simple stylistic fit here. And one that I expect, um, I expect to be very good. I will say, this feels like a big one for Kyle O'Reilly, whether he's winning or losing. Um, much has been said, and, you know, I think it's an interesting conversation. Much has been said over the last, what we're looking at now, six years, seven years about Kyle O'Reilly's ceiling. Um, I think anyone with eyes can agree that he is a tremendous professional wrestler. And he's been absolutely prolific as a tag team guy. I, you know, I have very few um, issues with either of those assessments. But is this opening the show? Um, let me circle back to order. I want to I have a look at that afterwards. I'm intrigued by it, honestly. Um, okay, that's, that's a very interesting point because the joke, it feels like one of the jokers may open. By that, I mean Joe, really. But then that messes up my theory that you have a joker would lose and then win. I don't know. I'll, I'll circle back to that. Remind me. Um, I will say about Kyle O'Reilly, I do think he's... I think he's pretty inconsistent for a wrestler of his caliber, to be totally honest. Um, now, that says more about how good he is than anything else because he really is that good that you kind of – sometimes I've, I feel myself – I think there's a, a wild swing in, in the quality of his performance at times. Um, but he's a guy that in Ring of Honor was that great tag team wrestler and they, go, they went with him as a singles. I think the early signs were that he was going to be okay, not – spectacular in the role, but he left before we could really get any true evidence on what that looked like, I think. Um, in NXT, I think he struggled, but he was on a cold brand that within months completely transformed and he was being framed a certain way and positioned a certain way that was tough, I think, for him to adjust to. So I do not think that the kind of, you know, the book has been written in terms of who this guy, Kyle Riley, is as a singles. However... You know, I, I think, um, I do think it's interesting. I do think it's interesting to ponder where he fits in AEW. It feels to me like a role player. But if he has a real show in this tournament and he gets pushed too, which again, we, he may, we don't know. Um, man, I, I don't know. I, I get the sense that uh, this is a big one in terms of that because I didn't love that Jungle Boy match. So there you go. Big match for Kyle now. Let's talk predictions here. Kyle O'Reilly, Ray Phoenix chat. Who you got? I'll inform all of you watching on the YouTube who the chat has got. Personally, um, I've got... Hmm. I've got O'Reilly. I think that we're headed to a trios match at the pay-per-view. And, you know, I think... Uh, I think that's where we're headed here. I think I think we're going to get O'Reilly win with some, with some House of Black business. Which is which is fine. Um, if Phoenix wasn't still attached to the the House of Black, I would pick him pretty confidently. I will say that if it's Claudio on on the other side, you know, wrestling Joe, I don't care about the House of Black stuff. You got to give me Claudio and Ray Phoenix. I'm sorry, that's that sounds like a science project. You got to do that, right? So it seems like I'm looking at the chat here, and it's mostly it's it's very split. But it looks to me like most folks are leaning in Ray Phoenix direction. Seems like. Um, I don't know. I think he's catered for elsewhere. I think that, you know, they want to kind of feature these uh, 
these undisputed elite lads pretty prominently and generously. So I think Kyle gets the win. I will say I have many issues, like just broadly, not many dramatic. I certainly do have issues with, um, you know, shenanigans in the Owen Hart tournament. That's that's something that I think we've all talked about, and like, um, you know, I don't want to kind of talk about it over and over and over again because I understand it's frustrating. It is what it is at some point. You have to just, you know, accept what they've done. I am disappointed with the presentation of this tournament and the fact that I think we're all confident we're going to get, you know, some sort of shenanigans tonight is kind of a bummer. I think it would be really nice if this felt separate from the rest of the program. But I get it, it's a TV product. Like, there's limitations there. And, you know, as long as the matches are good, ultimately that's what matters most, right? But I do wish that there was just a few different, you know, little extra wrinkles for the tournament and it felt a little different, but whatever. Um... Hester says, I have a hard time seeing two tournament matches ending in fuckery. House of Black in Phoenix match and Lethal's Korean Jazz. I'll be honest, and I said this last week, and I think a lot of you guys wasn't with me on this. Maybe we've kind of, I don't know what the consensus is now. I really don't think we're going to get Lethal and such tonight. Um, I think last week's promo was their way of reminding you it exists so that they can go back to it next week. But I genuinely don't think you're going to get Lethal interference. Now, that means nothing because most of you thought we were. <laughs> So you're probably right. But I think because, and maybe this is because my mind has just decided it's Claudio, which could be a mistake to be clear. But um, I think because it's Claudio, in my mind, I think they're going to have a 12 minute match and beat each other up a lot. And Claudio is going to win and they're going to shake hands and Joe will leave no worse than end. That's my genuine read on the situation. Now, if it's someone else or if it's maybe a more of a natural heel, whoever it may be, I think you may get some lethal stuff. I just, I can't shake the sense it's Claudio, guys. I really can't. Um, it makes sense in so many ways. It's a big name that he can beat without being hurt at all. It's fucking Samoa Joe, right? Like, whatever. And as I said, and I'm, I know I'm repeating myself, but you can then go straight to Joe and Claudio for the Ring of Honor television title and 50-50. And honestly, I know people hate 50-50 booking, in some cases, it makes sense. It's parody. It's Samoa Joe and Claudio. You know, that's, there's nothing wrong with them being on the same level. Their fan bases are completely mirrored anyway. Like, it's, I don't know. That's just me. Uh, that's just me kind of rambling at this point. But I, I do think that, um, I do think you may, you know, be, be good on it in terms of not seeing Trey Lethal tonight. So, this, this I could see. Now, this is some post-match stuff where Claudio and Joe send them running. Doc Slacker may be correct on that. Okay. All right. Let's, let's look elsewhere in the Owen. So we've got four Owen matches tonight. I've covered three. Let's get to the one that will probably actually have the most fan interaction. Obviously not my most anticipated, but I think it'll be fun. Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy. Um, I was stunned at Jeff Hardy winning last week. Now, I will say a couple of people did tweet before the show um, that, uh, you know, you know, the uh, the Young Bucks Hardy Boys thing was a clue. That was a giveaway that, you know, they're going to do this deal where, where Jeff wins and you use next week to kind of further the Young Bucks. Now, let me be very clear. That does not mean the Young Bucks interfere. That does not mean they cheat. It means that they are present and they come out after or so on and so forth. They're in the picture to kind of get this thing rolling because I think they may want to throw that on the pay-per-view, uh, which, you know, I have a lot of different feelings about, but I think ultimately it will be a cool deal. Um I do not expect to particularly enjoy this match. 
Okay, now hold on. Talking for me here. I do not expect to particularly enjoy this match. Just me. Joseph James Holbert does not expect to enjoy it. I think the live crowd will adore this. I think they'll go nuts for both guys. And I think they'll be with it the whole way. And I'll be honest, I will be shocked if the match is, like, actively bad. And by that I mean, I don't mean, like, uninteresting or boring. I mean, like, it falls apart. I think this will be very steady in terms of what they actually do. But, and this is, you know, I, I do not know. <laughs> I do not know if it will be a bell-to-bell -bell classic. I just think, you know, you've got a guy in Cole who works such a, like, just steady style. There's very few ups and downs to me in terms of, like, effort and idea. That I think they'll have a very simple match. I think Jeff will do the same shine he's done for 20 years. I think Cole will grab a headlock in the ad break. And, uh, you know... <laughs> Jeff will make a big comeback and probably maybe miss the Swanton and Cole will go home. I, I just don't think um, I, just, I just don't think there's going to be you know a lot of kind of depth to it, and I don't think I'm going to have a great time watching it necessarily. But I think I think it will do fine in the building, and I think it'll probably be a fine match. So now I am intrigued. Chat, are we uh, are we all with Cole on this? I'm intrigued. Where are you guys at on the prediction? It feels to me like. Like Adam Cole has to win here, right? I mean, I said that last week. You can kind of explain it to me with the Young Bucks element. So, I'm intrigued. Everyone's got Cole. I don't know if I just froze for you guys, but on YouTube I would have froze, so I assume I did. Um, yeah, everyone's got Cole. I just... I do think it's like kind of let's explore this this deal with uh with Darby and Jeff. I don't think it's like an actual big deal or like bad or embarrassing or terrible. Joe, when you freeze on here, it is much shorter so far. I thought it was kind of short sighted personally. The one thing I will say though that isn't even like a heavy deal. I just I think this is almost objectively the case. I think this match has way more drama if it's Darby in it. Like, way more to me. Like, if this is Cole and Darby, I genuinely think this would have, like, a kind of... Maybe not 50-50, but I think it'd be 60-40 rather than what this is, which is, like, 95-5, you know? I just think it'd have more... Because Darby doesn't have anything at the pay-per-view, right? So you could kind of talk yourself into it. Um... But I get it, and, you know, you want to set up this Young Bucks Hardy thing. I just, it doesn't really matter to the audience they, they are kind of appealing to. And I don't mean that in a kind of disrespectful way. I'm part of that audience, and, like, we watch the shows differently, right, generally. I just don't love the perception of, like, Jeff at this point in his career beating Derby. Now, the thing with that is, is, like, he beat him with a roll-up, and he kind of just outsmarted him, so that's absolutely fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, Darby's, you know, he's the younger guy, he's the fresher guy. It just feels like he should have won that one to me. I, I don't know. I can't shake this feeling, but it's no big deal. Um, this is true from Joe, who says, Jeff is one of the only guys still wrestling who did wrestle, and that's absolutely the case, and, and that's important. You know, I, I think there's a lot of different factors at play. And Bill's Mafia's right. The roll-up looked good. Like, I'm not saying this was a catastrophe. I just, 
it does feel to me like I'd have been hesitant to, to kind of pull that trigger, but you know, there's, there's different factors of play. Anyway, before we talk about the rest of this show, very important that we deal with some business. We are coming up to half three in Great Britain, half 10 a.m. My folks on the, uh, in the Eastern Zone, state side, right? Eastern time zone, Eastern Zone. What did I just, that, that's that was strange. Um, so, you know what that means? The bit that has been truly um, <laughs> catastrophic thus far in terms of our output, our consistency, so on and so forth. But I am proud to announce that on our Twitch debut, where we have, you know, unveiled, unveiled a, a new intro that was fabulous from the confirmed shoot, we are also ready to bring back old Bobby Two-Shoes, Romperoon Robbie, who has sent us the Burt Line news. Um, folks, you know the deal. Here we go. Thanks, Joe. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Wednesday, May 18th, 2022. Robert O'Neill here with the Burt Line News, where we have uh, a couple NBA or a couple NHL and one NBA series set to get underway tonight. Uh, the New York Rangers will take on the Carolina Hurricanes. And then we have a battle for Alberta as the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames face off uh, over in the NBA. We're going to be uh, starting the Western Conference Finals tonight as the Dallas Mavericks head to the Bay Area to face the Golden State Warriors. And I like Golden State minus five as my lock of the day. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for me. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Hmm. You know, I'm fascinated by Bob. Um, I think you guys know this. I mean, I've kind of he's been on every show I do at this point. I, you know, I take him around the wrestling media globe with me, and we do all this stuff, and it's very exciting. But I will say that I am fascinated by some of his. There's no Bert overlay anymore. What am I doing here? This is very unprofessional. Boom! There we go. Um, you know, I've never seen someone look so uncomfortable just sitting in their own car, just recording a video. Bob looked like he'd never been in that car before. Maybe he hadn't. I mean, I'm not accusing him of being a criminal or anything, but I mean, it was just, it was striking the discomfort he had, the position he was in, you know? What a fascinating individual. His episode of the 30 for 30, like when we do the full, you know, extensive look, the 30 for 30, Brothers, he is going to be one. His episode is the Robin episode, right? Just confusion. <laughs> just, just clips of Bob sitting in awkward positions and doing things in strange ways while we do like talking head stuff. And yeah, it'll be interesting. Anyway, I hope you guys uh, listen to Bob's picks. Um, in the meantime, I was trying to see how I. Uh, Bob, I'm regularly compared to Dennis Rodman. Yes, you should be, pal. Hell of a rebounder. Um, I'm st I've been trying in my time here to explore how I do the raid. Does anyone in the chat know how I do this? Or what does that look like? Because that's very exciting, but I don't know how it works. We have like 50 people in here. I want to be able to give them to people, you know? I don't know. Um... Bob, dye your hair multiple colors like Rodman, Pop. 
I'm sorry if I some of the technical elements here. I just I genuinely do not know what I'm doing, so I'm trying to figure out as I go. We did come up with this idea about 12 hours ago, so I'm just kind of adjusting. Um, I'm going to ask the confirmed shoot. Yeah, this is, I, I will say, this element is is very, this is very fair. Um, if it helps any, Chris, we are not profiting from the talk. And I would like to stress that no one should actually follow Bob's advice under any circumstances. Do not do that. Um, but yeah, it is fair. I mean, we, you know, we're not going to go full like DraftKings. Well, we might, I don't know. Um, but, but there you go. Okay. Someone said you just select a channel, which is live. You do? Hang on a second. Who are these people? <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. I don't know how I kind of handle this, though, from this side. All right, I'll figure it out. Hang on a second. Let me get back to that dynamite, and then we'll, we'll figure this out at the end as a family. Bobby's four and one. Okay, that is kind of good. Okay. Some segments to talk about. First, actually, let's do the last match. Because it's one that's got a lot of attention and one that some have even pointed out as their personal pick for most anticipated match of the night. Speaking of such, chat, in the meantime, while I talk about this, give me your uh, most anticipated thing tonight. It could be a segment, it can be a match, your call. But, um, but put it in the chat and I'll kind of look through quickly. Um, Hangman Page versus Konosuke Takeshita. Um, this is one I do fear slightly... For my for my pals, that uh, it may not be quite what folks are hoping for or expecting. I mean that not that it will be bad. I just don't know if it will be like a television priority in the way that it may appear on paper. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying you know. I think it will obviously be good. I just it does feel to me like the exact equivalent of what Silver did with Punk, which was good, but it was clear they wasn't trying to have like the best match they could possibly have. Um, so, you know, that, that does come to mind. Um, this feels like a very potential, you know, very strong candidate for opener. Um, personally, I think that you're going to get this second because I think it will follow the exact template of last week. Um, that's just, you know, that's just me personally. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll get to the order in a second. And, and to be clear, I, I mean, like, I'm not saying this match won't be good. I'm just saying I don't think it will necessarily be like this clash of main event talent that may appear in like a dream match setting. Um, I certainly think Hangman will give Takesh to stuff and it, you know, he'll, he'll feature him best he can. But I just think it's more about the Punk situation and Punk, however he goes on commentary, however he handles it, so on and so forth. So that's my, my personal read on it. I do think obviously it'll be very good. The result is not in question. It's just, considering everything I just said, I think the real kind of talking points here are the length um, and the kind of general presentation of Takeshita. He was featured pretty nicely against Lethal, and it was the the main event, which, you know, I understand it's Rampage, but it's still a big deal for someone's first uh, TV spot to be in that position. So they clearly know what they've got. Um, Twitch chat censored filth. Oh my, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Okay, we have to we have to figure that out. Um, it's going to be a good progress match. I just don't know if it will be the epic some are hoping for. Which no problem if not. There are you know kind of 
big picture stuff to, to figure out here. There's a lot of folks in the chat saying this match is their most excited. Regal and Jericho talk. Joker and Joe. Um, that's probably my pick. But Jericho Regal is an interesting one. Okay. I think, um, could it lead to Punk facing Takeshi next week? I don't think so. Um, I think you have to do a talking segment next week. We're running out of weeks, you know, like next week's the go home. I think you've got to do a talking segment. Maybe it's a press conference. Maybe it's a Jim Ross sit down. Maybe it's an in-ring promo. I would prefer one of the first two, but I understand they would rate worse. So yeah, I, I don't think you can do another match next week personally. Um, Christian or Jack Perry will be the one to turn heel. Obvious answer is Christian Cage. I think the longer they wait, the more likely it's Jungle Boy. I think that'd be a mistake. Um, I get it. I understand it. But I think Christian actually needs to turn heel. Like, just for his run in AEW, I think it would help him a lot to, uh, you know, to, to switch in that direction. So, for those, I think, like, matchmaking-wise, he'll be such an easy fit on the heel side. So, that's just me, though. I think it's an interesting question. Um... Okay, let's let's get talk about this uh, these talking segments. Hangman Takeshita, I'm sorry I don't have a lot. I've only seen a couple of Takeshita matches, and again, I do kind of get the sense it's more about the Punk situation. The real thing for me is, are we going to get a Hangman promo the way we got a Punk promo last week? And if so, does Punk get all fiery and charge down that ramp the way Hangman did, or by contrast, does he just play it easy and play it cool because he's happy he's under Hangman's skin. Um, I think the latter makes a lot of sense. There was definitely, they they made it clear, I think, last week that whether you see it as a heel move or a babyface move, Punk is happy about the fact that he believes Hangman is is uh, is kind of emotionally you know tied into this deal. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there's a lot you can do here from a sports perspective with this build. And... You know, I, I don't know how much they'll get into it. It could just be headcanon. Probably will be. They don't often do this kind of stuff. But, like, CM Punk has been very successful since coming back, and he's found a way a lot. He's also been beaten up in a lot of those matches. And he was never the most dynamic athlete. And I think the story to tell here is, and I think they've kind of started, and they'll, they'll do this in a kind of subtle way on commentary, but the way I would go kind of full-fledged is that Punk's aware enough of his limitations, especially at this point in his life, that he knows deep down if it's a shootout, he hasn't got the, you know, the the uh, the firepower to live with Hangman. You know, Hangman hits harder, he's more he's more dynamic, he's more explosive. I don't think he can out-wrestle Hangman on the mat. You know, Hangman wrestled 60 minutes with, with Danielson. Like, in terms of what these guys can do in ring, I think you try and establish that Punk is kind of fighting up here we're here. And I honestly think that last week's Buckshot Lariat perfectly encapsulated that whether they're intending to or not. But the point is that Punk has certain things that Hangman can't have at this point in his career. You know, he has certain experience, certain poise, a self-awareness maybe that Hangman's um, recent kind of uh, fire suggests that he's still slightly unsure of himself in this moment. I love that. I love that kind of thing. That's the kind of thing you get in a big-time prize fight, you know? The idea that while he may be outgunned athletically, CM Punk has, you know, he has the uh, the know-how to get the job done when it matters. 
And Hangman's had some big matches. He's had some pay main events. But CM Punk has had, you know, some of the biggest matches the last 20 years. So I love that kind of storytelling. And again, I think most of that will prove to be head because I don't think they're going to explore it too deep. But that's just the way I see this matchup. And I think Punk, you know, kind of getting under his skin plays into that some. So that's my big thing here. And I, I say all that again to say, like, I don't, I'm not trying to dismiss Takeshita, who is fabulous. I just, to me, it's about punk. And that's what you're going to see tonight. And we'll see how that plays out. Okay. A couple of talking segments to get into our segments in general, I should say. Let's start with the one that a lot of you guys picked as your most anticipated of the night. Um, Regal and Jericho face-to-face. Lots of play here. Firstly, I have no doubt about the actual exchange between these two guys itself. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to just be awesome TV. Love having Regal around, but him getting back, you know, doing live promos and stuff, this is a lot of fun. It really is a cool deal. But there are certain elements of this that intrigue me and kind of um, are like kind of X factors in how much I'll enjoy it. Um, JJ says, Joe, I've figured out how for you to raid. Jeremy knows best. Well, Jeremy certainly knows knows best, but if you can inform me, that would be very, very useful. Um, so, a couple of things with this. The graphic itself shows all the guys standing behind them. I'll be totally honest. I think they should be slightly careful how they, like, present this. Now, before I go any further, let me stress, this doesn't actually matter, but it's just, like, detailed stuff that would annoy me, so please listen. Um... I actually would do a pre-tape early in the night that settles the stuff in terms of King's alliance with Danielson and where they stand. And then I would make it clear that Tony Khan has said no one's allowed out there other than these two dudes. If I'm going to do a Regal Jericho face-to-face, I'm going to just, just do it. Let's just let those dudes talk and this this make that part of the story clear. I do not necessarily want these two guys talking Two legends, but two older guys, bless them, and you know, no disrespect, while an army of wrestlers stands around them. I don't necessarily want that. I don't want them to look like Team Raw and Team SmackDown just watching their leaders talk. I, no, it's not my deal. It would be weird for me for Eddie Kingston to be out there just watching two guys do a face-to-face confrontation that's been advertised and scheduled. It's just, you know, it don't fit to me. It don't fit the intensity of the feud, so I'd ban them. But that only works... Only works if earlier in the show you do the detail work. You know, you do the fine print of like, let's explain this in a very brief way. But that's all you need with a character like Eddie Kingston, a character like John Moxley, Brian Danielson, William Regal. I think that you can do a group promo. I don't think you necessarily need to do a WWE-style scene where guys walk in the locker room and hash out. I think you can do a promo where Danielson says, yeah, I, you know, I have my doubts about King. I still have my doubts. But Regal, I do what Regal says, and Regal didn't, he didn't mess with Jericho's message. You know, He didn't mess with the idea of taking someone out of the game and throwing a fireball and trying to end their career. So, I, you know, I, I'm doing what I think is right for pro wrestling. That kind of... Um, that kind of thing. Or, alternatively, you could do a deal where, where fucking King's hot that, that Danielson was out there. You know? Um, you could do a deal where, where King says, I don't expect them, you know, them dudes to show up. I don't fuck with Brian Danielson. I never have. Um, 
There are so many different ways you can go. Personally, and this is just me, I would do something with Danielson being reluctant. Personally. Thank you so much, JJ. I'm going to check that in a second. Um, I would personally try to play on the idea that Brian is unsure of how much he wants to be in this war and is, remains very, very hesitant to be a friend to Eddie Kingston and vice versa. And the reason I would do that is because if you look at these two teams, a babyface slaughter should be a lock. But if you can establish, you only got two weeks here, but you can do it because you've established it six months ago where these two guys stand with each other. Seven months ago now. If you can get across the idea that one side of this is a complete team, while the other is two families that have a real conflict in between there, I think you create doubt. I think you add drama. I think you add story elements that can come through big time in the match and you can explore those within the, the actual, you know, action itself. A great example, a natural example would be 92 war games, 30 years ago, I think, to the day of, like, yesterday or some shit. It was crazy. Um, so, 1992, they did this deal with Sting and uh, Nikita Koloff. And they established this tension between them because they've been rivals and they've been feuding just before that. And it is one of my favourite wrestling moments ever. If you've never seen 1992 war games, please, it's the best war games ever, I think. Most people would agree with that. Sting takes the bullet for Nikita, or vice versa, I forget. I'm terrible with these things. Because the bit that I remember, and I'll always remember, is they hug and, and settle all doubt. Now, I wouldn't have any kings of that, to be clear, but they, they settle all doubt of a hug, and it's one of the biggest pops you'll ever see for something that's not a wrestling move. Because the crowd is just relieved, oh, great, now the baby faces can kick the hell out of these heels. We don't have to worry about them getting along. Man, if the equivalent is King and Eddie, like, fucking... You know, giving each other like a handshake or a fist bump. Like, I think that'd be awesome. I don't know, man. I um, I think Danielson being a reluctant warrior and then like taking a bullet for King and Eddie being like giving him props for it. I think that'd be awesome stuff. I think they could pull it off. So, just some elements of this story that I love. It's such a rich kind of set of uh, factors you have to play with here. That personally, I think it would it would be a shame. Um. Personally, I think it'd be a shame to, to not explore them somewhat. Okay, now I'm now I'm trying to figure out this. The creator dashboard is where I'm supposed to be looking, which obviously is definitely a thing that I'm aware of. Um, definitely a thing that I... Creator dashboard, it's, t- it's titled creator dashboard. It's very useful. I am live. I am. All right, hang on a second, folks. Bear with me here. I'm, try- I'm trying my best, okay? Hold on. Hold on a second. I'm looking. All right. I think I may be able to do this. Maybe. Um, Okay. Perfect. I I see it. We've done it, folks. I now know what's happening. Thank you, everyone. I greatly appreciate you all. Um, Now your job is (laughs) find me a channel that's on at this time. (laughs) Because I don't know that we'll be on the raid. So I really do appreciate it, JJ. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, final segment to talk about. We're at 48 minutes, just about perfect. Wardlow, MJF. Obviously, MJF has been in the news for an awful lot of things in the last week. Um, 
a great degree of, of uh, debate and discussion about his place in AEW. He's got two years on his deal. And lest we forget, he is in the midst of like maybe his finest work yet. So let's focus on that, right? He has been incredible in this Wardlow feud, which I think is kind of objectively like the best feud in the promotion. Um, Punk and Hangman is an interesting dynamic and one you can explore in, in a, you know, over a long stretch of time. You can do it after this match. You can do it in a lot of different ways. But right now, it's very much a straightforward top contender champion story. And you're adding slowly at an element. And honestly, that's how I'd do it too. I'll make it angle heavy. They're top guys. King and Jericho's thing has been going on for a long enough time. Did anyone lose the audio? Oh, no. So now you may not be able to hear me. Now I'm very concerned. Can you all hear me? Okay. It seems like everyone can hear me. All right. Okay, good. I'm sorry, folks, but when I'm informed of potential technical difficulties, it's very alarming. We can, everyone can hear me. That's sorry to hear that, but good, good stuff. All right. Okay. Um, so this MJF deal. It's been, it's been rocking. It's so over. It, Jericho and Eddie's thing has been going on for a long time. It's clearly the most connected feud in the promotion at this point is MJF and Wardlow. They've killed it. This is a really interesting situation. I think, look, and your mileage may vary. There are elements to it that you can dislike, and I'm not going to argue anyone they're wrong. I think the Cody Rhodes, you know, 10 Lashes deal is, objectively speaking, one of their most memorable angles ever. Same people still talk about it, saying that when he referenced it last week, I think everyone immediately had like a they had a flashback to what that looked like and the way they presented that. Um, that was a huge hit, I think, personally, in terms of what they've done from an angle perspective. And one of their earliest hits, frankly. So you're doing a sequel to say that people remember very, very fondly, or remember at least, not everyone remembers it fondly, but they remember it. And you are doing it with a guy who was involved in that scene but let's be honest, is a complete walking, talking contrast to what Cody was. Cody, I loved his performance in that segment, but let's be honest, it was one of the more Cody, th Cody Rhodes things ever produced. It was absurdly dramatic. It was very cinematic. It was, it was just, you know, it was Cody Rhodes. And listen, that's who he is and that's what works for him. And it was great. It was very effective. Where the crowd came up for the end of it, it was great. You don't want Wardlow, though. Um, how do I put this? You don't really want Wardlow crawling around the ring, hoping that like his friend comes out to give him some encouragement. Um, if you want to do that, then good luck. You can do it. I don't think it will kill him necessarily, but it certainly isn't what I would do. <laughs> and so... I'll throw it out there because I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm thinking about this as I talk about it in this case because I don't know. Is there a chance Wardlow just doesn't fucking sell these things? I mean, seriously. Now, when I say don't sell, I don't mean that he's just not going to even react. I'm sure he'll register. You know, it's a, it's a belt lash. But it's, is there a chance that he just shrugs them off? He just grimaces. He laughs at it. Like, Bill's Memphis is like he loves the pain, I think. Okay, I'm glad we all agree on this. Because I was kind of thinking, like, 
I don't know if they, I guess what I mean is that most of the chat seems to think he's not going to sell it. I'm glad. I didn't want to say that and then people be like, well, no, that would kill the whole thing. Because <laughs> I didn't, it went from on my end, but I do have to say that, like, it feels like he shouldn't sell. I'm glad we all agree on this. Okay, good. Now, this is a good angle. Um, after Wardlow no sells the 10th flash, Spears kills him with a chair shot, blood everywhere. Brother, that would be incredible. That is an awesome angle. Yes, absolutely, that's the way. That rules. He gives the he gives the belt to, to Spears for the last one, and Spears, like, you know, maybe you do the deal that Cody did or, or whatever where he turns his back. You know, and Spears switches it, spins him around, boom, and I know Cheshire's the head of a big third. If you if you do it smartly, you can do one every two years. I don't think it will, you know. I mean, God forbid. I know that everyone takes like head bumps and dives off ladders, but I think we can do one chair shot every couple of years and be okay. Um, yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. It's gonna be a big angle, man. And like, this is one that I'll be totally. I think you know, if you guys have watched me before, you'll know this is not like a surprise. It isn't one I'd put a lot of thought into until now. Clearly. Um. And it's not something that I'm like, this angle is really fun for me in that I'm not like a huge fan personally of either, of either guy. I think it's clearly like the best stuff on the show. <laughs> so I don't really think about it in between. I just kind of tune in. Um, I get this. Look, I'm not saying you're wrong for being against Cheshire's ahead because like, yes, bad, very bad. I just think there's absolutely a way to do it that's safer than like most of what guys do on TV at this point. That's just me. Now, maybe I'm on an island with that. I don't know where you guys stand on it. If it makes you uncomfortable, I get it completely. I just think that guys do absurd stuff every single week. And, like, this weird thing where we draw the line at that particular element of head trauma, I think is kind of weird. I think it's strange. I always have. I talked about this on the distraction um, years ago now. God. But and it, people didn't agree with me then, so I like I maybe I'm online, but I just I see what some of these guys are doing to themselves, and it's like I just you know I mean I'm I'm cool with us not doing them, but it feels like people were a little bit you know <laughs> a little bit dramatic about that one element while not caring at all about the fact that guys are doing like the most crazy apron bumps and dropping on ladders and tables and chairs and I don't know. Um, you know, diving headbutts are back too. I mean, I don't know, it's just... And this is the other thing, to be clear, I'm not... This is actually important. I'm not saying, like, you know, do, like, Attitude Era style, swing for the fences and have a dude act like an idiot and be like, well, I'm tough, I'm just going to take this directly on the dome. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, do I trust the Sean Spears to know what he's doing? And I, I do. If I, if I had the pencil, I wouldn't be scared to do it now. I will say that our friend Gabe Sapolsky, um, you know, who is probably actually more my friend than anyone else's, but he's actually none of our friends. But Gabe Sapolsky once said, and I actually thought this was interesting. He said, I don't avoid them because they're more, more dangerous. I avoid them because they get bad heat. That Now, that may be actually a, a good argument. If the belief is the AEW audience will grimace and look away rather than be like, oh, that's horse shit, then, you know, 
then then don't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't have a good read on that. I don't know where people are at with chair shots at this point. Um, but I think if you make it mean something, then I think you can do it. And I say all that to say that professional wrestling is very, very dangerous. And I just find it hard to police what's actually da- what's, <laughs> what's actually where we draw the line and whatnot after the main event of last week's TV show. Um, that's just me. I'm sure there's a range of opinions. You know, Bill says he's not a fan of the stuff to the head. I think most people would probably be, be agreeing with you. So there you go. All right, folks. Let's wind down here. Maybe we can do a couple questions. Maybe, just maybe. Um, one second. We'll do a couple questions as we wrap up here. And then I'll be putting this gimmick on the YouTubes. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can join us tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern on Twitch, or you can do the encore presentation where you're at now on this very channel on YouTube. So there's, um, you know, there's different ways to watch now. Patrons get the uh, audio files too, which is very much appreciative. You know, the support over there, I, I, you know, I know you guys, uh, things have changed a lot on the grin this year. But I really do appreciate how quickly you guys just flip and follow wherever we're going to go. And last night was wild. So I want to try and make it the audio files are kind of your thing. So, you know, you can get those gimmicks straight in the podcast feed. So I appreciate you guys. Hopefully, that you want to be a patron, lakenightgrin.com. Just $1 gets you in. No tears. Review is tomorrow. Yes, 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, the way this is going to work, guys, is Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'll be live on Switch and then post to YouTube. Tuesday and Friday will be Patreon exclusives, latenightgrin.com, direct Q&A format, um, where, you know, you guys can kind of just talk just straight to me. Uh, I genuinely think I'm going to WES. Yeah, I'm waiting to see what the prices look like. But um, this is what I was I, – I remember this being the case, Red Sox. So – there was a belief that that Gabe theory was kind of proven accurate with the, uh, the Sean Spears one. So there may well be truth to that, in which case don't do it. Um, all right. This has been a pleasure. I sincerely hope you all enjoy um, AEW Dynamite, which is a stacked show. Hopefully the Jokers deliver for you, whoever you want them, uh, want them to be. I hope you get that. Yes, Bill. Patreon videos will still be YouTube unless they won't change. But what I will do for the patrons is I will upload them immediately after a single upload so you don't have to deal with the buffering over there either because it's not fair that the paying customer just has to wait. That's dumb. I, I, look, everyone was dunking on me for being dramatic about this. In all seriousness, you can accuse us of many things. I take it pretty seriously when you guys give us any of your money. <laughs> so whatever it takes to get the videos to you as quick as possible, it seems to be doing that. So uh, Patreon videos will stay as they are. I have thought about this, but A, it's a pain, and B, I like it as a patron quirk. All right. Let's uh, let's do this raid gimmick. Now, my, my concern is, like, do I, do I do the outro and then raid? I'm not going to do any outro. I'm just going to say I'm raiding and then see if it works, okay? Now, you may not hear from me in about five seconds. I'm going to try raid. If you're watching on YouTube... And this vanishes, then then there you go. Now I'm going to hit raid channel. Do we have a channel that we can do though? Everyone's saying WWE. That seems like a waste. <laughs> I, I don't think we need the. Uh... Is House of Buddy live? He can't be. Is it? Well, he's at the, the television. The outro is the best part. I agree. Yeah. 
Bud Matt's got he's got to do his real gig. Bummer. Is no one live? Are you going to do all this conversation about raiding and then we just don't raid anyone? Not Goldbridge. Absolutely not. <laughs> he's actually funny, but no. <laughs> um, okay. Yes, we can only raid live channels, but we need to figure out which channels are live. God, imagine watching this on the YouTube version, how lame this part of the video is. It's just us speculating on Twitch usage. I don't know, man. It seems like we're, we're, it seems like we're kind of... Shrimps 24-7? Okay. Assuming it's not problematic, I'll do that. Oh, that sounds problematic. A WWE 2K channel with only a handful of years. I don't even know what the channels are. <laughs> okay. Riff tracks. Do we co-sign riff tracks? I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, this is brutal. There's no professional wrestlers streaming. This is going to be the last 10 minutes of the show every day. Riff tracks. Seems like this is the way we're going to go. All right. Here we go, folks. Here goes nothing. Rift tracks. They've got many people. They've got almost 500. We've been owned, but we're going to send 40 people their way, maybe, just maybe. Um, here we go. See you all uh, tomorrow. Maybe on Purist tonight, but tomorrow on this very platform. Have a good evening. All how? All right. Here we go. All right, I'm hitting the outro. Bye. <laughs> Where is this thing? Here it is.